0: I will not attempt to write the history of Yvonne, because during those nine years I lived with her, there is so little that is known. There are only pieces. We were never on very good speaking terms. I felt more like a cat that pissed on its master's favorite sofa than what one would consider a son. Yvonne did, however, have a biological son, who by the time I arrived had grown up and happily moved far away to Tennessee. He never visited very often, and to her credit, he was an extremely handsome man. I will attempt to the best of my ability to tell you what I do know about her. Yvonne was born somewhere during the time of the late 1940s in Birmingham, Alabama. Her mother was named Bessie May and she died in 1992. I remember because on notification of her death, Yvonne suffered from a life-threatening asthma attack. To be so bold, I hoped that she would have died from it. I knew nothing of her father. She never spoke anything of him. When she left me at home alone to go run some errand, sometimes I'd funneled through the ancient photos in her albums. There were so many strange faces. There were many pictures of her then lover, Carl. I was still plagued by a fatherless household. She married a man in the 1960s. There were no pictures of him in the house, so I never knew anything about him either. He died of cancer in the late 70s. She never remarried. The part where she moved from Alabama to New York, I also know nothing about. The apartment where we lived at the time was occupied by her for more than 20 years. I am quite confident that she still lives there today, and occasionally call to see if she will pick up. Sometimes I get that same 10-year-old answering machine message. You have reached the residence of Yvonne Fletcher. I am unable to come to the phone right now. Please leave a message, and I will return your call. If not, you'd never call. Don't forget the beep. Of course, I never leave one. She had two brothers and a sister, Aunt Myrna, Uncle Ronald, and Pastor Roy E. Brown. Mr. Brown was a character to top all characters. He was extremely rich for our class of people. Married to a woman 25 years younger than him, and he never shared any of his riches with the family. Every Christmas Eve, Fox Channel 5 would show his two-hour Christmas service on television at midnight. Yes, he was that rich. He was a preacher and drove a stretch limousine everywhere. His congregation was huge and his palace was decorated in all gold like some lost Timbuktu African kingdom. His siblings secretly hated him. I was amazed by how his home connected to the church through several corridors. It was great for hide-and-seek. At his service, some people would have convulsive seizures from the Holy Ghost, meaning the Spirit of Christ had entered them. Sometimes you would have grown-up women falling on the floor and start wiggling about. How come the Holy Ghost never entered me? When I prayed at night for Jehovah to grant me wings to fly away to a faraway place, it never happened. Did this being love them more than he did me? I thought the Holy Ghost was just an excuse for adults to act like children. There was no such thing as the Holy Ghost, and this was unquestionable in my mind. Yvonne was a Catholic. Never caught this spirit unless you call her beating me to near death an episode of this awkward epilepsy. It reminded me of those Southern Baptist churches that played with rattlesnakes. There was no point other than to prove to people that this god loved you more than others. I had imagined that these were a lot like the primitive ceremonies that the Mayan Empire performed when they wanted the crop to be plentiful in the coming season. I learned this in my special education class from Mr. Snyder, my fifth grade teacher. My biological mother was a drug addict, and my father an alcoholic. CWA snatched me away from my family when my biological brother took a belt buckle and smashed it into my left eye. As a result, I now have cataracts. One cannot blame him fully because he was mentally disturbed. It was not to the extreme of having Down syndrome. He still could function in society. Jermaine went to school by himself and was able to socialize. But there was something off about him. For example, he often spoke to himself and exhibited a violent temper. I kept in contact with him and he visited the house at times, but Yvonne didn't like him very much and criticized him for not seeing more of me regularly. One of Yvonne's nephews came to visit my brother Jermaine, and he didn't like that. Usually, he would just sit in a corner of my room and mutter angrily to himself of someone's face he wanted to smash in. He was like some kind of Hulk, and his arms and muscular features were huge. Yvonne's nephew was bothering him a great deal by asking him stupid questions and teasing him about his limited capacity for thinking. I had warned the little boy to leave him alone. After the eye incident, I knew to keep away from him. The boy kept bothering Jermaine by poking him, and teasing him, I had moved to the other corner of the room to avoid him. I loved Germaine and very much wanted him to be part of my life, but I knew what he was capable of, and soon he had taken the boy by his hand and placed it in the hinge of the bathroom door. The boy began to scream. I stood there in terror because I knew what was coming next. Yvonne didn't come fast enough. She did arrive in time to see Germaine slam the door and watch three of the boy's fingers limply fall to the floor. His pinky was only spared because it was small enough to miss the hinge. I told you to leave me alone! I told you! I told you! The blood had squirted everywhere and the boy fell to the floor screaming in pain. Yvonne quickly took the boy's fingers and placed them in the freezer, got on the phone, and yelled for an ambulance. I stood there horrified at the brutality of my brother's actions. He was my brother. How was he so capable of such madness? Yvonne took the broomstick and started to beat my brother over the head with it. He ran out the door muttering how sorry he was. That was the last I ever saw of my brother. The last I ever heard of Jermaine was when he was placed in an institution because he had a mental breakdown from being robbed on a subway car by gunpoint in the Bronx. The fate of my biological siblings seemed destined. My other older brother, only known by the name of Porky, received a life sentence on a murder and drug charge. I have never seen his face, but only told of the tale. The boy's fingers were successfully sewed back on, but he would never be able to play an instrument. Not a big loss for instruments were virtually non-existent in our very real world anyway.